I'm going to briefly tell you a story of how exploding stars called supernovae revealed that we live in a universe that is not just expanding, we've known that for a long time, but is expanding faster and faster. That's the new discovery uh, propelled by a mysterious new component of the universe called dark energy. And uh, this is the work for which my colleagues and I shared the Nobel Prize in Physics this past year. So uh, let's see. Oh, oh, no, don't. Can you have it go back one? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the most intriguing facts about the universe is that it is expanding around us. As you see in this animation, which, uh, can you start the animation? OK. Let's see. Expand universe. Yes, it will. OK. Um, I'm very powerful as a cosmologist. Um, so uh, we see the universe expand. That is, we see the galaxies around us rushing away from us. Um, this is an amazing fact. It's as though you had a loaf of raisin bread rising in the oven, and galaxies are like the raisins on the loaf, and the loaf is getting bigger. And so as a consequence of this, wherever you live on the loaf, whatever raisin you're on, you look at the other ones around you, and they appear to be moving away from you. And in fact, the more distant ones appear to be moving even faster away from you because there's more dough between you and them. So how do we actually determine that this is true? Well, we can, just like in these, you see in this animation, we have ways to measure the distance to the galaxies around us. That's the first part. And then we have the ability to measure this apparent recession that they're experiencing. And we see that by virtue of their light, which has been shifted towards redder wavelengths as a result of the stretching or expanding of space. So this is known as the redshift. And by looking at the relationship between distance and redshift, this linear relationship, we can measure the slope of this line or the expansion rate of the universe. Now, that's a pretty neat trick. And that allows us to determine how big the universe is, how old the universe is. Um, but I think one of the most interesting facets of this kind of work is that when we look at the most distant galaxies, we are also looking back in time. That is, it takes billions of years for the light to reach us from these galaxies that are billions of light years away. And so when we look at the distant galaxies, we are actually learning something about the past of the universe. We're actually learning how fast the universe was expanding back then. And we can compare that to how fast the universe is expanding today by looking at more nearby galaxies. And so this also allows us to see, for example, if after the Big Bang, the universe was expanding, but did it begin, has it begun slowing down? There's a lot of matter in the universe, and the attractive gravity of the matter would tend to pull back on the universe and slow down the universe. At least that's what you would naively think. And so my colleagues and I set out to measure that aspect of the universe a number of years ago. And how do we actually do this? Well, in order to measure distances to the galaxies, we need a tool. And our tool is what you see in this picture here, a supernova. It's a single star out of, let's say, 100 billion stars in a galaxy, which explodes at the end of its life. And when it explodes, it's as bright as 4 billion suns. And so we can see them very far away, and we understand how luminous they are. So by looking at how bright they appear by being far away, or how dim they are, we can determine how far away they are. So we measure their distance. We measure the redshift of their light. And as I described in the prior slide, we can then measure the expansion history of the universe. Now, we need very powerful telescopes to do this. So I frequently work with the Hubble Space Telescope, 
Um, I'm at the Space Telescope Science Institute where we run the Hubble Space Telescope, and I use this a lot for this kind of research. And so here are some pictures of the supernovae that I've found in recent years. The top uh, three boxes show you galaxies before the supernova exploded, and the bottom three boxes show you uh, after the supernova exploded. And so you see at the point of the arrow, the new supernova, which allows us to make these measurements. Now, uh, oops, I hit it twice. Okay, so in the mid-1990s, the expectation was either that the universe would be like the one on the left or the one on the right. Either after the Big Bang, the universe was expanding, but the attractive gravity would be rapidly slowing down the expansion. And we can learn whether the universe would ultimately end in a big crunch, which would be the reverse of the Big Bang, or if it would expand forever. Now, what we actually saw was a real surprise going to the, it was neither this model nor this model was right, but rather it was something quite different. The expansion rate is not slowing down at all. It is actually speeding up. Now, the attractive gravity from ordinary matter would not cause this to happen. But what could cause this to happen is something that Einstein had first suggested, and that's why I think they put him on the cover here when this was uh, called the breakthrough of the year for Science Magazine in 1998, seeing the universe accelerate. Einstein had suggested that space could be filled with a kind of energy, something we would now call dark energy. And while the gravity of matter in the universe is attractive, the gravity of this energy in space would be repulsive and could push the universe apart. And so it seems this idea that Einstein had, something like it, appears to be true. We understand, though, very little about this, um, just enough to be able to uh, figure out what the recipe of our universe is now. And so what's really remarkable is what a small fraction we uh, represent to the universe. Uh, planets, just 0.05%, stars, half a percent, gas, 4%, so that all the elements that you know in the periodic table of elements um, all the kind of material made of that stuff only represents 4% of the universe. Another 23% is in some dark form of particle we have yet to discover, and then another 73% in this mysterious form called dark energy. So I was lucky enough to still be working on this when uh, I got a telephone call last year from Sweden um, letting me know that my, my colleagues and I uh, would receive the Nobel Prize. And so it was actually two teams of astronomers, uh, the first led by myself and my colleague Brian Schmidt, and the other by Saul Perlmutter that had made this discovery. Um, we had a really wonderful time, just not even a year ago now, uh, going to Stockholm. Let's see, trying to get this to advance there. Um, my wife, who is with me, uh, she raises her hand, and uh, my two children uh, came with us, and we had a grand time. and. Um, after you sit in this ceremony and you learn to bow, then they give you the Nobel Prize. So that is, uh, uh, maybe, I'm in Washington, so you shouldn't talk about bowing, I suppose. But anyway. Um, but we're still left with this uh, difficult problem, uh, which uh, was well lampooned by a very popular TV show called The Big Bang Theory. Um, and if you could cue the movie. It's 2 AM. What are you doing up? Nobel Prize acceptance ceremony streaming live from Stockholm. Sir, I want to see what all the scientists are wearing this year. Look at these men. They've managed to win the top science prize in the world with no more understanding of the quantum underpinnings of the expansion of the early universe than God gave a goose. You should... So unfortunately, we are guilty as charged. We, we really do not understand the reason for this. So 
I'll leave you with my last slide, which is why are we so keen to study this dark energy, which is what I uh, am doing right now. Well, it's most of the universe, and we don't understand it, so it's hard to say we understand the universe without understanding the biggest piece. It will control the fate and the origin of the universe, and we're interested in answers to both those questions. But I think the most important reason we study it is we have two very powerful theories in physics, um, one called quantum theory that explains uh, small particles and three out of the four forces of the universe. And we have Einstein's theory of general relativity, which explains large scales and the other force uh, in physics, gravity. These two theories don't work well together, but understanding dark energy requires us to understand how to get them to work together. And so nature is giving us this one observational clue about how to do physics at that interface. And so we're trying to understand dark energy, hoping it will teach us a lot more about the nature of physics. Thank you.